um, hooding everybody. Now, Nick is um, having a wonderful time. He was really pleased and he's had an opportunity to go to America, to Portland, to a conference there with some pastor buddies. Uh, it's Saturday there at the moment for him and they are off at a, um, an American football game in some stadium that holds 150,000 or something. So they are pretty pumped for that experience and then they are looking forward to going to church tomorrow and then they've got the conference this week. So. Um, he's having a wonderful time. He sent me a picture of some ribs he had last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, this morning, um, I don't know, those words were amazing, everybody. Uh, I don't really need to add to it. Um, I'm speaking about being replenished this morning, so that works um, really well. And um, I just felt like God was been putting some stuff on my heart about that for a little while, but yeah, thank you for everybody who brought a word this morning, That's, um, it was just so, so rich. And yeah, so I want to talk about um, being replenished, be replenished, and I think we can all agree that that's quite relevant at the moment. Um, I just wanted to sort of share a story as I lead into this about uh, about 10, 11 years ago now. Nick and I and the kids, we used to live in Christchurch. We were just there really for the earthquakes, is all we were there for really, just that time period. Nick was studying down there. And over that time when the earthquakes happened, it was um, a really awesome community time to be in that place. And obviously there was lots of tragedy as well, um, but that sense of community was something quite special and unique. And all of a sudden, um, we were on a great street where we knew a lot of our neighbours already, um, but we knew the ones we didn't know because people were checking in on each other and you stopped and talked on the street. In the supermarkets, in the checkouts, you know, someone would lean over, oh, what are you having for dinner tonight? And I'd be looking in the trolley and they're having a chat. Like, it was just quite different when it first started, but everyone was starting to talk to one another. Um, and that was really cool. And then there was this time period where everyone discussed their experience together, like where were you when it happened and what happened to your house and what happened at your place and you know someone might have known someone that had had a family member that's in hospital or then something um, or someone might have lost someone and there was just this time of sharing where people just shared and processed what had happened um, and then it got to a point where we were all quite used to the aftershocks and we're quite used to it and everyone they, they just wanted to move on now we wanted to stop talking about it, we wanted to leave it in the past and we wanted to just get on and find the new normal. And so it was quite an odd sensation. We'd come up to Palmy um, to see family and stuff and I'd see old friends on the street and people would always ask about it and I'd almost think like, oh, gosh, I'd actually forgotten we had these earthquakes because living down in Christchurch, we're all trying to move on and just, all right, we're a bit, we're a bit over it now, we need to find our new normal. And so I suppose I wanted to yeah, just kind of connect that a little bit to what we're going through in a sense um, as a country and as and you know as a world community that we've had this time of global intensity and we're kind of it feels like we're at the tail end of it now. We're coming out of it and we just we just kind of want to move on now, forget about it, let's not talk about it. And when I kind of felt like Oh, I should talk about this. Yeah, I feel like God's encouraging me to talk about this. I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to bring it up though. Like, we are kind of doing a good job at moving forward. <laughs> but I just kind of felt like as God kept talking to me about it and I'm chatting with people, hey, actually, it's really important that we just 
as we move forward, let's do a soul check. You know, how are we? How's your soul? You know, ask each other and, and look into ourselves and how we're doing. And actually, let's just take a moment just to name it and look at it and go forward healthy. And um, yeah, so before I do that, let's just pray. Um, as we, you know, look back in that photo album that we're pretending is not there. Yeah, so Lord, I just pray that you give us courage as we just look into our souls this morning together with you, Jesus. And we just open our hearts and we just invite you to bring your refreshment and your healing. In Jesus' name, amen. So I listened to a conversation uh, recently from other, uh, a man, John Eldridge, was, he was being interviewed. And um, he's been interviewed about a book he was putting out. I'm sorry, I can't remember the book actually that he was putting out. Uh, but he was being interviewed and he had some stuff in that conversation that really sort of resonated with me and articulated some of the thoughts that I've been having. And so I thought I would just kind of talk about um, a couple of the things that he touched on in that talk. And um, so he talked about... Um, in relation to kind of what's going on with us globally, that is. So we talked about reserve depletion. Um, well, he talked about a lot of things, but the three things I want to talk about is reserve depletion, um, what does this look like, and how can I replenish my soul in this time. And so, as we are now in this coming out phase, if we think back to what we've kind of been navigating over these last couple of years, we've been navigating work. Um, some of us haven't been able to go physically into our workplaces, and we've been doing work at home, and you may have been doing work at home with kids as well. And when I typed into Google, when I was just quickly making some slides, um, you know, pictures of working at home with kids. One of the pictures was um, this one that the, the, the fellas will put up for me in a second. And, um, you know, this is, I don't know if you had kids at home when you were working, but was this your experience? <laughs> yeah, so let's just pretend that was all our experience when we were working at home and um, homeschooling the kids. Um, but maybe you had to go into work. You did have to go into work. You're one of those people. You had to go into work when everyone else was sitting at home in your pyjamas. That was in Sam? Yeah, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then there was those different things that happened, our leisure activities, those things that help energise us, refresh us, you know, going for walks, those simple walks, tramping, going to the beach, you know, stuff like that. We got restricted from that for a bit of time, didn't we? And stuff like seeing friends and family, that stuff, we were able to do that some of the time. And that's kind of the, the light stuff, you know, there was other, we could have worn the way that we normally worn. We couldn't, oh, sorry, we couldn't celebrate in the way we normally celebrate. We're used to doing that and we're made to do that in community. You know, and all that was taken out of that time, wasn't it? And the thing is with all of that, it all had no end date, didn't it? There was no specified time frame for when this was going to end. We were just living in a topsy-turvy world with none of our kind of staples um, solid anymore. All of our stability was, was gone really, wasn't it, in a sense. And so there were some things that I noticed, and you'll probably notice over this time and out of this time, that people are very depleted. 
People's social energies, people's social reserves have really diminished and people are tired and people are weary. And um, I don't know if you've experienced this or you witnessed this, but sometimes we get quite excited when social events or other events are cancelled. Oh, I know. Oh, great. You know, another night in that home. I just need another night in home to catch up. And that's kind of been a common sort of theme, I think, that, you know, you can see kind of almost everybody not in here. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's, so, you know, if we can't, it's been 200 years, isn't it? And we can't come out of this time without doing some soul care. We need some soul care. And so what does this depletion look like in us? And you might be really awesome at your practices and your habits and you might feel like you're doing good and you are on track or you know maybe like a lot of us you might be noticing oh, I'm not quite my normal self I don't feel like I've got my my usual groove on you may be very aware that you need to refill the tank and in this conversation that I mentioned um, the Guy John Eldridge, he mentioned this term um, global trauma or global intensity. And um, us Kiwis, we quite like to downplay things, don't we? So maybe at least we could agree, hey, you know, we've got a bit of global depletion going on, a bit of global depletion, if that's more comfortable um, for us. But I've got a quite interesting looking into this term, uh, global trauma, quite an interesting concept, and what does that look like? And um, I suppose when we think of trauma, now I'm totally not qualified to speak into this. I, I'm just sort of sharing out of an interested um, reader and listener and the stuff that I've looked at. And um, there might be stuff out of this time that, um, you know, you can't actually solve it yourself. You might need some external help. You might need um, professional help. Or maybe you need to talk to a good friend or... Um, well, Nick and I, we always love to pray with people, um, but yeah, I don't want to make this sound simplistic by any means or sound like an authority. But just as I read and listened, I found this term global trauma very interesting, and we often think of trauma as something that happens with a short, sort of sharp shock, um, or we think of like PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, we're not talking about anything like that. If we look at the word trauma in its uh, simplistic meaning. Um, trauma is the effect events have on the mind. So the effect events have on the mind. And I found this, yeah, this is, I found this quite good when I was reading. Trauma can be understood as a rupture in meaning making, says David Trickery, a psychologist. Um, and when the way you see yourself, the way you see the world, and the way you see other people are shocked and overturned by an event, and a gap arises between your orientating systems and that event. I thought that was quite good for getting my head around this. And um, um, then this next one um, that was in an um, article that I forgot to uh, reference. But I'll read it anyway. Um, once mental resilience, the oil that churns our cognitive machine and keeps us moving in stress is depleted. And if nothing fills the gap, nothing external to define and evaluate your worth, 
no other reasons to go on, nothing to explain the why, the what, and the how of each day. For some time, one can become unmoored. It takes an update and a reframing of your beliefs and sense of self, a new round of meaning making to work through the trauma's impact. So how can we keep our mooring? How can we keep anchored in shifting times? We'll talk about that a bit further on. But how is this presenting in us? What does this look? The effect of all this intensity, what's it looking like in us at the moment? Now, if you were a spouse or you were sitting with a sibling, just eyes forward <laughs> as I read these out. <laughs> so lack of grace or irritability, people's idiosyncrasies that normally you can just kind of weather, you're not too worried about. They're getting on your nerves, you know? Maybe it's someone at home, maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's, you know, that person in the, the checkout at the supermarket who's dashed off to get something they've forgotten in the aisle. You just don't have patience for that. Before you would have been like, oh, sweetest mate, that's all good, you know, but now you're just like, oh, for goodness sake. You know, and then you've got a bit of road rage you never had before. <laughs> um, loss of creativity. Maybe, um, in your workplace, you're an excellent problem solver. That stuff comes easy to you, but lately it's just not flowing. Maybe you love doing home renos and decorating your house, but you just got no juice for that anymore. It's not something that's on your radar. And you can think of lots of different things, you know, it's not just painting, isn't it? Creativity is a lot of different things for each of us. You know, you might not have that same creative juice anymore. Memory loss. <laughs> why am I in this room? You know, you get to the room, you're why am I in here? Or someone mentions to you some conversation, apparently you gave some answer that you have no recollection of making. And exhaustion, you know, I think we've covered this, everyone's feeling pretty whacked. We're feeling pretty tired, everyone's going to bed earlier. We're staying home from events that we would normally be all fired up and excited to go to, but we're just feeling a bit pooped. And maybe, maybe you might be hearing this and thinking, oh, gee, I felt like this before 2020. That's not a good sign. But we're living in a very high-paced society and life, aren't we? Things are just getting faster and faster. And what were your reserves like then, pre-2020? You know, maybe you were already running into a bit of this empty tank phase, and then you leapt into... 2020 with us all, you know, and here we are today, you know, but there's good news and there's hope for you, I'm not bringing you down, I'm not going to just leave you here, um, and, you know, I think we are, we're incredible beings, aren't we, the stuff that we can do is incredible, the stuff that, um, yeah, just God's blessed us with is amazing, um, but I'm also aware that we're quite fragile beings as well. And um, just as a simple example, when my eldest daughter, um, Hannah, was um, nearly two, we took her dummy off her. We thought she was quite a, she loved her dummy, she was quite stuck on her dummy. And we thought we needed to get rid of the dummy. So we got rid of the dummy, um, we were a bit mean and there was a situation that arose and we just did a cold turkey. We just got rid of it. And it seemed all right. And she's, but she started having these night terrors, 
and we didn't connect the dots at that point, but she was waking up in the middle of the night, um, petrified. We couldn't console her or anything, and these were lasting for up to a couple of hours and just starting to come most nights. And we talked to um, a punkah nurse, um, Di Sproul, if anyone knows Di, and she said, well, that sounds like night terrors. And we're like, okay, we've heard of those before. And she said, but night terrors come from something traumatic. So you need to think about what's been going on for Hannah lately. And I thought, oh gosh, you know nothing. Oh, is there been something I haven't been aware of? And um, she said, well, it's not going to be traumatic for you, but it's going to be traumatic for her. So think about being a two-year-old and what's traumatic for her. And I thought, well, we've taken the dummy off her. And so she would give the dummy back to her. And if that was the, if the dummy was the issue, then night terrors be over, problem solved. So we did that and it was all good. But immediately night terrors were finished and we weaned the dummy off down the track in a gentler way. And it was all fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I just, that was just kind of a simple but um, quite a clear kind of example to me when I was thinking about this that our, you know, when something that's been a, a stable comfort in our life, maybe even just the routine of our day, um, is taken away from us, we're actually um, awesome, but we're quite fragile as well. And um, there's lots of things that we do to help us navigate these times. And that we can do and we should do and they're helpful healthy eating getting good sleep taking rest and holidays and exercise but they can keep us afloat but i don't think they can heal us or refill our tanks in the way god's talking about and there's a quote from kerry newhoff that i like it says time off won't heal you when the problem is how you spend your time on what does your everyday look like? Not just work, kind of time on that we're thinking, but how do we spend our time on? And yeah, can I suggest that all that stuff's wonderful to do? All those great, you know, exercising, getting enough sleep, making sure we have rest in the weekends and everything. You know, and that'll keep us afloat, but we've been created to live in abundance and out of overflow. And that only comes from God. So how can we replenish our souls and find our moorings or our anchors again? So I think it's a, be a good idea to do a bit of a um, spiritual audit of our lives. So where's our time going? Where's our energy going? What, um, what what's our thought life doing? You know, and in a no judgment way, when was the last time we spent time with God when we felt like we connected with God? Um, I love this verse out of Acts, out of Acts three, and it says, I feel like my mother now. I didn't bring my glasses. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just bring it closer. Um, so Acts three nineteen to twenty. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Yeah, so maybe that's just as simple today. You know, as we've done a, just a brief moment, you might want to spend some more time on that later, doing a bit of a spiritual audit. Maybe just start with, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. 
I've been distracted. You know, here I am. Lord, I, I just I surrender to you afresh. And then it promises in that verse, doesn't it, that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. There's healing and there's refreshment and there's energy when we spend time in the presence of the Lord. And what does this look like for you? It probably looks pretty different, you know, if we all shared how we like to spend time with God and connect with God, it would look very different. For some of us, you might love just soaking in worship, just putting on something that you just feel really um, connects you to God and you feel God's presence and His power ministering to you in those songs and those sounds. Maybe you love getting out in nature and enjoying God's creation in nature and just soaking in God's goodness and enjoying His wonder. Maybe um, it looks like... Um, just having moments of quiet. Maybe it looks like getting up early before the hustle and bustle and just sitting in silence with your coffee and just presenting yourself to God with no distractions. And you may not need any words either, just sitting there enjoying God's presence. And I think sometimes we often think of these time with God that we've got to have these, you know, these great revelations coming out of them all the time. You know, but we know with our friends and our spouses and our kids, there's a lot of everyday life that we do together, isn't there? And I think that God wants to do everyday life with us when we're hanging out with him. He just wants to hang out with us sometimes. And I love this um, example that um, when I was listening to Mike um, Pivalacci talk, he was talking about one time he was with God and he felt God saying, you know, like, oh, look at this tree. And so he's looking at this tree, he's waiting for some amazing metaphor or some revelation to come. Nothing comes. And then he says, you know, well, what's with the tree, Lord? And he feels God saying back to him, oh, I just thought it was a cool tree. <laughs> and then Mike, you know, he says, he says back to God, oh, well, good job on the tree, God. Yeah, good job. <laughs> and I think sometimes they're just those simple conversations with God. God just want to have, have those. It doesn't have to be, you know, like, oh, it's the, the tree, you know, it's a metaphor, the fountain of love, and what I'm going to do in all the nations. There'll be times like that. But there's sometimes that God just be like, you know, hey, Nick, look at this cool tree. I love this tree. What do you think? You know, just, you know, just a simple conversation. And um, something that helps us as well with keeping our mooring and our anchoring in unstable times is our practices as well. So um, when Nick was doing a series a while ago, he talked about um, taking sips, sipping on the water. If we think about God as the living water, so taking sips and then having big chugging time. So we have big chug times where maybe you go to conferences or you put aside time where you just soak in God in a big sort of chugging it away. And then you have your practices that are like sitting on God through the day, through the week, that little prayer time that um, you have in your lunch break. Um, you know, you might just have the Lord's Prayer. I just, that's just a habit I have at my lunch break. You know, maybe when I'm um, walking over to the staff room or to the photocopier, that's something I routinely do every day. It's a habit I've got in my life. Um, this coming to church, this is one of the, the habits that we have that helps keep us anchored. Um, your Bible reading time, you know, all those sort of 
times that give you those little slips on Jesus throughout the week, throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be major stuff that you're spending an hour in the word every morning. That's wonderful if you do. But maybe you there's a verse that you just read for the whole week because there's a different level of goodness in that throughout the week and you just read that and soak that throughout the whole week. Um, a verse that I just think is so wonderful this time, I, for this time, I haven't got it um, up as, as a slide, but just as I'm starting to finish, uh, it's from Ephesians 3 and it's verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I'll just read that again. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. So I suppose that's the last kind of point as I come to finish that I wanted to make is that you can do all this stuff, you know, you know, mindfulness and healthy eating and exercise, but it's God that strengthens you in your inner being. He does that. You know, you can do these little things. We're physical beings, so we've got to take care of that, but we're also equally spiritual beings. And it's God that strengthens you. He's offering you his strength. And it says, he strength, may he strengthen you out of his glorious riches. So, you know, God's got massive pockets, doesn't he? It doesn't fit in his pockets. So he is strengthening us out of his incredible abundance. He is not depleted out of this time. He's not depleted. There's no lack with God. And the wonderful thing is we just have to show up and God does the work. We just have to show up and surrender all our distractions and he does the work. And I think that's something wonderful about our faith that makes it different from all the other faiths that are out there is that, again, this is another situation where it's actually about what God does. It's not about what we do. It's just about what God does. And then what we allow him to do in us. So, just as I finish, can I just encourage you, as you've been exhortated by everyone this morning, that God has energy, that God has replenishment, that he has refreshment for you. And all you need to do is to be in his presence. And whatever way that looks like for you, just you know, that might just be a couple of minutes every day. And imagine how much that's going to benefit you if a couple of minutes a day you were devoting yourself to just sitting in God's presence in whatever ways that looks. And just let him fill your tank. Let him fill you up out of his spirit, out of his abundance. And let's be helpful to one another. You know, why don't we ask each other, how's your soul, you know? Let's, you know, go past the small talking, how's your soul, you know, how are you doing? And I know we want to forget and move on, but we want to move forward in health and abundance and overflow. And this is something that we get filled up on so that we can be a blessing to others. We can be a blessing to each other, here as a community and we can be a blessing in our workplaces and our schools 
um, everywhere that we go needs to be filled up so that that living water can flow out of us as well. So I'm just going to finish there and um, if Tui doesn't mind coming and playing some music, I just might pray for us as well. Yeah, why don't we, how about we just all stand and um, you don't mind, why don't you close your eyes, you might just want to put your hands out in a receiving sort of a position and I'm just going to pray for you before we worship. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Lord we just acknowledge your goodness this morning Father. We just acknowledge your presence, Lord, that not only do you dwell in us right now, Jesus, but you, you are here in the very air that we are breathing. You are near. And Lord, we just invite you to have your way in us this morning, Lord. We invite you to come and fill us up. Lord, we put aside all distractions. We offer our hearts, we offer our innermost beings to you, Jesus. And Lord, help us to go from here today, not walking off thirsty, but if tasting your refreshment this morning, Father God, and wanting more, Lord, would you stir our hearts for more of you, Jesus. May we desire more of you in our everyday lives, in our workplaces, in our home life, in all our circumstances, Jesus. And Lord, we just offer ourselves for your healing this morning. Thank you, Lord.